for the star of the season tonight. He showed the world what he could do. Mike Donna, question. An extra gear for the freshman. Touchdown. And the freshman is off. Foot race. <laughs> They're looking at shoe bottoms and nothing else. Into the end zone. Touchdown. The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Future Freshman Podcast. Welcome to episode five. We're uh, trucking right along here, and uh, it's great that we get to see all the people that are downloading and listening to, whether you're on the C2C feed or you're listening through Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts. We just made it to Amazon Music, so shout out to those at Amazon that are listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Once again, super humbled that you guys are listening in. You guys are really digging this freshman content. And honestly, the guy that I'm bringing on today is one of those guys that planted that seed early on and the guy that we talked about and of course this man is the 2005 U sports cff national champion he's an og he is the ace hole and he's also the hitman mitch the hitman heart how are we doing today buddy every day is a great day to be mitch babe how are you doing i'm doing good and it certainly is a great day when you're mitch uh you can find mitch at Twitter, he's at Ace Holes Rule. Yeah, of course, he's the Ace Hole. Um, cool fact for everyone that is listening or watching: Me and Mitch sat here, and the Future Freshman Podcast was originally, you know, there as well. But the man that I give credit to that gave me the big fish, small pond, was this man right here, Mitch Hart. Mitch, tell him about like what you used to do on radio and how you like talked it up and stuff like that, and just how Big Fish Small Pond is now living through the Future Freshman Podcast. But uh, just tell us a little bit of that before we kind of move on to some housekeeping. I tell you, Brandon, when you when you say a 2005 national champion, it just makes me feel even older than I am, man. That was a hundred years ago. You're the man. Uh, there you go. Uh, okay, so I had a uh, fantasy sports show a hundred years ago, and I actually began my radio, and it was on the radio. So I, there was no podcasting. I didn't even know what a podcast was in 2005. But um, one of the things that I shared with listeners, because uh, I was in Southeast Texas and our closest major program was U of H. And U of H is just, it, it, it was at a time too where it just wasn't a, a huge uh, program. Right. And when we started talking about U of H and, and Rice, and we would get a recruit, a three-star type recruit, in that area back then, or when U of H got a four-star recruit, I started sharing with people how important it is when that one big fish comes to our little small pond and how much of a difference it can make. And what I started to do is I started to do research on kids that were getting good rivals rankings, good 24-7 rankings that were going to non-traditional schools. And I'm not even to say not like even Power 5, but say a kid was going, instead of going to USC, he was going to CU. So you knew that his path would be clear. Instead of someone going to Michigan State, they were going to Central Michigan. So you'd be like, man, uh, Antonio Brown 100 years ago. uh, I remember Antonio Brown. I remember talking about him as a freshman. Kid was dynamite and electric, but just had some issues. And you could tell he has some issues. He had some issues and just didn't get to the big school, but the guy was great. So I love I love taking those and now the recruiting list are great. The work that you guys are doing on campus to uh, Canton is great. You can see where these guys are going. And uh, we may even bring up a couple of today. Big Fish Small Pond, very good to uh, go fishing in those ponds for your fantasy greatness. 
I absolutely agree. So there's the hype right there for the Big Fish Small Pond. Also, a guy that we're going to talk about in the first segment is a guy that kind of reminds me a lot of it, an Antonio Brown minus the quote-unquote issues. So uh, we'll see how that goes. A little housekeeping before we get started. One, I want to thank uh, his name is Sick Edits HD uh, for collaborating with the brand new uh, intro. You'll actually will see that uh, at the start of this one coming up when it goes live here on the YouTube show. And you'll hear some of it on the actual podcast itself. So shout out to him. Thank you for the video. He does amazing like uh, hype videos and stuff for the NCAA. So if you're like big on just like uh, watching cool highlights on individual players or teams, he's a really good guy to kind of check out. So it's sick edits with the Z. HD on YouTube. Please go check him out as well. Uh, like I said, just get hyped. He's got some good ones. You, you'll be ready for uh, for the NCAA. You'll be ready for spring games for sure. Um, if you haven't heard already, the team has put out a brand new freshman and supplemental guide uh, for anyone that is playing in C2C this year. Um, it is fantastic. Mitch, if you want to speak on it for just like a minute or so, I'm your yeah, guy that it's... just moved up to the NIL subscriber thing. So tell them how you like it from a, uh, a consumer you know, point of view. Yeah, I, I do not pay for a lot of content because I find myself able to find uh, good tidbits. What I, I've, I just pay for a couple, and this is one of them. The guide breaks it down. They it breaks down almost every freshman you're, you're going to need to know uh, on this freshman supplemental guide. And it does it in a, in a very personal level. And what I mean by that is uh, we can almost all find out how fast the kid runs. If you type in top end speed of Javante Barnes, it's going to say that he's at 24.48. It's like two things down. But what this does is it's a person's perspective on how Javante runs, how he looks, how fluid he is. And it gives you some insight of maybe, you know, sometimes you just want to hear that one thing about a player uh, where you're like, oh, you know, that kid did this, and I'm going to drop a little tidbit in a minute about uh, one of the folks that we do when I hear something special uh, and and you read that, then I think, man, that guy's going to be a very good athlete. Uh, it's excellent. It's definitely worth the money. And if you want to be competitive today, you're going to need to keep up with all the information you can. Absolutely. Thank you, one, for, for getting it, but two, for giving us honest feedback. And, you know, you guys heard it here first as well. I just want to point out that the guide itself is only 20 bucks. But if you move up to the NIL, which is 50, I know it's 50, but it's not just this freshman supplemental guide. The Debbie guide is dropping for those that are playing Debbie. And if you didn't hear the announcement, there is a CFF guide that's going to come. We're trying to do it early July. So maybe a Independence Day-ish type situation can't quote the say but early july is what we're looking at if you've got the 50 dollars subscription it automatically just gets sent right to your email so then boom you can click it you have all the information you need boom we're getting ready to jump into cff drafts whether you're playing redraft you're doing keeper leagues which me and mitchell will talk about eventually um yep. but you know and then of course we got dynasty and this is what this uh, and we'll bring it back around this is what this podcast is about it's getting you ready for your freshman drafts or if you got some supplemental, knowing the value, but knowing what to expect from these guys when you're doing it as well. Uh, one more thing, of course, you see it on the you know lower bottom there, is that we still have the price picks thing going on. You can use the code CFFU to get the matching deposit up to $100. Once again, I know I keep saying every week, but building your bankroll. So we got March Madness going on. My Tar Heels beat Baylor. That's that's great. I mean, it ruined my bracket, win. but I'll take that bracket loss because we need it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're coming together, right? But you can... 
you know, do some prize props, whether it's going to be on fantasy points, you can do it on uh, rebounds, points, uh, assists, things like that. There's all different kinds of ways that you can do it. So build that bankroll up. Uh, you know, I'm playing a little DFS there for Dynasty. I'm trying to do like back. Babcock and a few other Tar Heels jumping them in and stuff like that. Winning a few dollars here and there. I'm also trying to, you know, work my way and get some of that bankroll up because CFF, I'll be uh, sliding in some DMs as far as like Kevin Mountain, those that I trust in the uh, in the CFF world when it comes to DFS. Um, so I'm just trying to build that bankroll, but we can do it now, whether you're doing NASCAR, golf, it doesn't matter what you're into. There's sports to be had and there's plenty of things you can do. So please check out Price Picks, great app. CFFU is the actual code that you could do. All right, enough of the housekeeping, Mitch. It's time for the main event. Are you ready for segment one, good sir? Indeed. Let's talk about someone from Texas A&M, and that is Mr. Evan Stewart. The man is a five-star prospect, very high star. He is the second overall wide receiver in the 22 class. The man has a composite grade from 24-7 of 0.9940. That is not too far away from 100%, and we'll get into why we think he's so high off the board. Let's look at his uh, height. It's at six foot, 175 pounds. I believe he is already on the way past 175 pounds. I haven't read too many things. All I know is he's exploding in camp, and that's all I love to hear as well. So, um, you know, we were talking before we actually hit record, but Mitch, he did sit out uh, his his senior year, kind of a uh, opting out, not so much an injury thing, but more of an NIL, where it's like A&M's like, right. you're a high five-star, we want you, you probably have playing time immediately, we need someone that's going to stretch the field, take this money, sit out, and do it. So kind of like a Quinn Ewers situation, kind of like he jumped from high school to Ohio State so he can at least have the money. This time it's more Evan Stewart was offered to relax, get in shape, get ready for <laughs> camp, basically. So, you know, it sounds like he had a really good offseason. Uh, the kid's coming in hot. Um, before, you know, we jump into, um, you know, what we see and things like that, let's look at some of the comparisons. So that his NFL comparison is Devontae Smith. So anything that we learned from Alabama and how explosive down the field that Devontae Smith was with Tua, we have a similar situation. The question is going to become, do we have Haynes King all season? Do we see the emergence of Connor Wyman? So there's some questions that quarterback, and we'll talk about that, you know, in just a few minutes. So let's look at why Evan Stewart is a five-star prospect, and we'll kind of jump into that. So he's adequate size, super high athletic build. The man jumps off the thing. He's a track and field guy. So a lot of this Texas A&M just knows how to find football players and track people. So A-Chain, for example, he's not even in camp because he's playing track and field right now for A&M. But <laughs> he's running. Is, he's he's running, running track. Correct. Yes, he is running track and probably running records just like that. I think the kid was almost an Olympian, if I'm not mistaken. So A-Chain is doing his thing. Now we see an Evan Stewart who I don't know if he – I think he's solely on football, so he has kind of given that up. But the quick elite spatis on there as well – um, it just is natural when it comes to that one as well. No one can stop the kid. He's killing cornerbacks. And this is in the SEC type one. We're not talking ACC as much as I love my, my league and stuff like that. Their corners are nothing compared to what the SEC, which they produce round one, round two, round three, like NFL starting corners, right? The kid is already burning half the people that's on his team at playing corner there at Texas A&M, Mitch. Indeed. So I mean, the kid's twitchy. He gets off the lane. He's a literal burner. He just flashes. The kid is nonstop. I mean, I would call him the flash. I'd probably be like one of my nicknames that I'd probably call the man. Uh, the guy is projected to be an early round NFL. So when I see that, I mean, I'm not saying that he'll have a, a, a end kind of like we saw with, uh, I call him Hollywood Brown, but Marquise Brown and stuff like that. But there's these 
burner kids that are just killing the game when it comes to football. And this, and we're talking reports now in spring that he's absolutely destroying it. He's playing with the ones. So here's where I'll start the conversation, and then we can kind of talk about the quarterback situation, Mitch. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher will drive a freshman in, to the bench immediately. Like the man does usually does not like to play his freshman. You have to earn it. I mean, I think Haynes King was a different scenario type situation. I believe he actually had to sit a little bit before he even started this past year before he got injured. But the kid seems like he's too good to stay off the field. And I get it that, uh, and we'll talk about it here in a second. We have, you know, some people behind him. One has been suspended indefinitely. So that's one less person he's got to worry about. But he does yes. have an, he has another freshman who's right behind him as the third wide receiver in the 22 class. However, the difference between him and a Chris Marshall, who's a 6'3, 195 guy, is Stewart is the long projected one. He's the one that the bombs are gonna go to. So is is are we gonna see both him and Marshall year one? Or are we are we suspected to see Anaya Smith, who I see as a gadget guy? What, is, what are your thoughts on Texas A&M? And what do you think about a freshman starting in Jimbo's system, man? Okay, okay. First, let, let's cover this and get it out of the way. <laughs> uh, Jimbo Fisher has been a coach under different circumstances than he is today. Hmm. Uh, the landscape is different, and you can't sit kids that way anymore. He sees that. Uh, he sees that with the kids that have come to his school. He sees that with the kids that have left. I'm not worried about the history of a way a guy coached because NIL has changed everything. So don't get suckered in. And I, I'll, I'll give Jimbo too much due with this comparison. But remember when Coach K was all about his kids staying forever? And yep. then he turned into a one-and-done guy, and it was uh, a couple of the better teams that Duke ever had, not saying a lot. So I, I think he changed. Jimbo's going to change. I'm not worried about that at all. Um what I kind of see as the fly in this ointment um, is are they going to run plays that set this kid up? And here's what I mean. Uh, I hear you with all of the, the track stuff. One of the things, if you ever want to look up who is the best athlete, go to the triple jump in a track meet. That's where the kids are. And the, and the kid took second in 5A in the triple jump. He won the long jump. So if you, and his athleticism is great. But what I see isn't that long bomb that's in every offense. Hmm. He beats people off the line. He is outstanding off the line of scrimmage. But what that means is you have to run plays that are just a beat faster than a bubble screen because by the time you faked and thrown over there this kid's already made his move um so while i'm sure he can beat people deep he's wide open very quickly and i'm just curious if because a&m hasn't had that guy in a while mm -hmm. and jimbo hasn't had that wide receiver in my memory i i look back yeah. to a couple of james's teams yeah, uh, florida in florida state, state. It it, it's not that way yeah. so he has a weapon unlike one that he's he hasn't used yeah, yeah well i'm not I, I'm, I'm definitely not gonna say ever but it, but it's <laughs> it's time. been a while yeah so the bad for me his quarterback situation is fluid we don't know which guy is gonna win the job but worse than that what happens is you don't get to build a rapport with your qb as a young uh, wide receiver you would definitely love it if any of those guys were the guy i do want to remind everybody haynes king was supposed to be really good 
and broke his ankle and just we don't know if he is good or not we just yeah, don't we're gonna find so, out right yeah let's just uh hold tight i i believe that haynes will get the job i do believe that he throws well enough to uh make stewart a factor and i think he could be the best out of all these guys and you do have on your graphic there that demas has been suspended indefinitely and i'm sure he'll be back on the team uh but not getting reps this whole time really hurts him so um, yeah, Stewart's been running with the ones all through spring practice. I like to hear that. Uh, I actually think this kid can be a, a fantasy pickup in most leagues factor mm -hmm. this year. Maybe once he, you know, breaks in and starts those first few games where they're going to play sissy competition, uh, he may get a, a, oh, by the way, touchdown. And I think he'll be on the radar early on people. I like this kid a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to, you know, kind of jump in when it comes to dynasty, we all know, like you, you're going to have to take this kid in the first round if you're doing a freshman draft, just because of the pedigree where he's sitting and now the opportunity. Now his stock is just going to rise completely. Uh, but in redraft, it sounds like he's still going to be someone that's going to be a waiver wire darling. We like to call it. Um, I don't know Certainly. if he's being drafted. I don't know. By the time we get to July or August, there might be enough rumblings to where like they're like the kids starting in the lineup. So Let's take him in late rounds of a CFF draft. So it might get to that point. I'm not saying it will, but I'm saying the waiver wire priority is going to be top dollar probably for this kid. And he's one of those guys that you can play him to flex to start. And then he, you know, he could even be a wide receiver two or solid wide receiver three, depending in, on how many wide receivers in the, you have. In, in, the lineup, Debbie, you know? in the Debbie look and, you C2C, know, uh, yeah. yeah, and all of those C2C stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I actually don't have him as Devontae Smith. I have yeah. him as a slightly smaller Jerry Judy. Oh, he has like a that. very dead-legged right leg juke. Uh, it seemed to me on video it was his best juke is when he's on the right side of the field with his outside leg he plants mm -hmm. and goes in very Jerry Judy-like. Uh, and what I keep reading that I like already is his route running. They just mm -hmm. keep talking about his routes, and that's more – jerry judy than devonta smith i agree it's just he's skinny and small like mm -hmm. devonta smith but he doesn't play like uh devonta he plays to me yeah. like jerry judy and i mean they're both great i'm not you know, yeah duh. but still i mean if we're if i love comps and i don't like being loose on my yeah. comps so anyway no, i'm going jerry judy for his i love jerry judy i mean I'm, I'm a i'm a denver guy so of course i love judy but i also enjoyed playing him in cff when we did have him right so i mean the guy was a tactician so he might have the burst of Devonta. so it sounds like he's a good hybrid almost in a sense like he's two Bama receivers turned to one basically yep. and uh we'll give a shout out to our guy matt big wide receiver guy uh there on twitter uh 20.9 miles per hour which is above the 20 miles per hour you want to have the only thing is the newtons it still passes the 6,000 marker 6,713 but it's a lot lower than what i thought but i think because it's speed versus mass and the kid does only 175 pounds yes. he increases the weight room but he still keeps the speed which i think he has i don't think he loses Look, you step. can see you know in I mean? your picture Look yeah. how small that guy's arms are. He, yeah. he hasn't been bench pressing much. Yeah. But see, he doesn't press coverage. Now, this is with high school kids, not SEC kids. Right. But press coverage, he beats with his feet. Mm -hmm. He dances by you, and he has kids looking like Frankenstein. Now, yeah. again, it's not going to be that easy in the SEC, but I'm not worried about his skinny arms. He's going to be just fine. Nah, and he he'll can, bulk up where he needs he to He can be. run. He's going to be good. This is uh, – Definitely a good guy to keep on your radar. And if you're 
in a long-term, you know, C2C league. This is a guy to get. All right. For CFF, we're talking freshmen. Are you taking them in the first? You're going to pass on them? Or are you looking – I mean, different teams are different. But say you have a need at wide receiver, are you are you going to pay the top price for the man? Or are you going to take another guy maybe in value at, uh, you know, in the first round? I know well, in our dynasty there, you if got – there are 12 you know, teams, mm-hmm. I don't think he's 12. He's probably 16. Okay. So, so I think he's about a, overall he's a, with, with quarterbacks and running backs, right? Is yes. Talking about? Okay. Yes. If we're in a draft drafting this year's freshman, I mm-hmm. do not think he's a first round pick, but I could see you picking him in the second and being just fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most, most lists I have him. Uh, I, I looked up four or five lists. Most lists he, he's top five wide receivers. So out of yeah. 12, out of 12 things, you got, you know, five quarterbacks, five running backs, five wide receivers that mm-hmm. puts him in the second round, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I could see him drop into an early second. However, like I said, it depends on spring. It also depends on when you draft. If you if these guys are drafting now before, you know, say if you couldn't wait and stuff like that, you might be able to get a value on there as well. By the time we hit, you know, May, June, July, whenever these freshman drafts well, are coming you, going. Well, all you, you got to do we'll to see. boost your draft status is to have 70 yards and a touchdown in the Aggie spring game, and oh, he'll, he'll, it, it will solidify him as yeah. a first-round uh, yeah, freshman jump up. selection. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, what else nicer can we say? Evan Stewart, look for the man. The guy is going to make a difference. It don't matter if it's redraft, Debbie, C, you know, C2C, the kids it's skyrocket, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Pick Indeed. the kid up if you can. Let's move on to our next guy. Cool. And that is the running back, Javante Barnes. Uh, he is committed to Oklahoma. He is a six foot, 190 pound guy. Uh, 10th overall running back in the 22 class on there. Uh, his sports grade for 24 7 is 0.9535, so very high four star. Um, so I had to go find some information. So I went over to Soonersports.com. Uh, so he was, of course, the 21 Under, All- Under Armour All American. Uh, he was the first team in Nevada in the prep school as well. Um, after rushing for 507, or excuse me, 567 yards and 11 touchdowns in his six games, he also rushed for 1,022 yards and 13 touchdowns on 126 carries as a sophomore in 2019. So the kid was all over the place. He averaged 8.1 yards per rush, not too bad. And then he was Nevada Preps All Southern Nevada honorable mention pick. 2020 season was canceled, unfortunately, to COVID, so he lost his season. Uh, but he chose the Sooners over Alabama, Florida State, and USC. Of course, with the I mean that was probably before the Riley switch over and stuff like that, in particular. So uh, the kid is looking outstanding. Here's the here's the good part. Here's what we're hearing, right? Eric Gray and Marcus Major, he they are the incumbent veterans. So they're the ones that are kind of leading there, especially Eric Gray. He's the one that's holding a lot of the running back meetings. We have uh, the legend of DeMarco Murray, who we know from NFL fantasy, of course played at his alma mater there, Oklahoma, became the Dallas Cowboys starter, and he really kind of made his name in the fantasy world. So now he is their running backs coach. So he's saying that Eric Gray is kind of leading the charge, but him and Major are the guys that are mentoring Barnes. But Barnes is getting a lot of, a lot of looks and a lot of work. He's actually – filing in with Major and Gray when it comes to first team and second team. Uh, so here's here's the situation. We still have Gavin Salchuk, who's the seventh overall running back in the 22 class. He's got a higher uh, deposit, but, but not by much. It's 0.9584 versus 0.9535. The difference is uh, Salchuk is 5'11", 185 pounds. So he seems to be more of the pass-catching type situation, whereas Barnes seems to be the more of the traditional Oklahoma back. He lot. Barnes reminds me more of Kennedy Brooks. I'll be honest. Like if I'm, I'm choosing between the two, I like that. 
But Sawchuck is not in for spring. He does not show up until summer, which does not give him an advantage, whereas Barnes has already got the playbook. He's understanding what uh, Faribles is doing. Uh, he's got the mentorship already going on with Gray and Major. So I see potential. Um, the kid rumbles, and that's what I like. That's what I saw in the report that he just he can drag defenders down. He does not go down on first contact. So this guy is relentless. He looks for the hole, and he's just going to make you pay. So if you get in his way, he's going to truck you. And that's what I like about Javante Barnes. The kid is a baller, and that's what I like about it as well. Uh, impressive jump cuts. So the kid's mobile in there as well. Uh, he's he's guaranteed to be a, a power five starter. He could be all conference, and he can move up stock to uh, you know. I went, you know, NFL running backs, you know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of how good of a season you can have, you can still go in the second, third, fourth round in an NFL draft. Fortunately, running backs just get ran into the ground in the NFL, just how the cookie crumbles, right? But as far as someone that can project himself higher, if Barnes gets a hold of this system before Salchuk, we could see a Barnes 1A and then Salchuk 1B or maybe even 2 if we're looking at an R running back by committee, which I don't see a lot of Oklahoma because Brooks kind of just took the ball and ran with it when he could. Eric Gray just kind of fell well, it's off. Because, it's because you know? he's a lot better than Eric Gray, but keep going. I'm <laughs> listening. Yes, and we'll talk about it in just a second. So here, you know, here we are. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to get the big wide receiver guy analytics before recording, but from what I hear, he's in the, in the you know, 21, 22 miles per hour when it comes to that as well. His Newtons are high because at six feet, you know, weight and mass of 190 pounds and the way that he runs, he's significantly higher. So I think he's over the seven thousands when it comes to the actual Newtons itself. So he's showing all the tangibles as far as analytics. If you look at the tape, it matches the tape as well. And now there's opportunity and he's already in the system. And I don't know if he ever lets go of that situation. If I were him, I would, you know, eat it up as much as I could and don't even give Sawchuck a chance. Just be like, bro, you got to transfer out. I already got this playbook, you know? Uh, so let's talk about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Barnes? What did you see? Uh, yeah. Your thoughts. And then where do, do we see him in this lineup this year? And next okay. Year? Well, the, the best thing for him is his incoming freshman buddy, Sawchuck is gone. I do think that they wanted him to be the home run hitter. Sawchuck, uh, think they saw him as the pass catching back and that Javante was just going to be one of the other guys in the room. What's interesting is because Sawcheck is, um, you know, not with the team right now and practicing that they put Barnes in that role. And from what I've read, the more I read, the more pass catching and pass blocking seems, uh, seems to be coming up. And you got to be excited when a, a young man is as explosive as he is and has that willingness to block. So I really, really like that. What I particularly don't like is that he is a hard-nosed runner, uh, but he doesn't seem to have a lot of wiggle. I'm curious to see what he does when he catches the ball. Those things tend to not mix. So that's sort of a mixed review of, you know, a guy saying, well, he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. He can run over people, but he catches well. Uh I do like the blocking aspect of this. The thing that I also like is Eric Gray and Major aren't that good. And if right. you ask me, Major's better, and he hasn't done a lot. So it's probably me just liking him. I don't like Eric Gray. Therefore, I actually think the kid might get a shot. Yeah. And new coaching staff, they're not going to want to – give him uh, a lot of rain right out of the gate. But if the other two guys falter, they're going to have quick uh, triggers because Gray and Major aren't their guys. So 
I like the kid. Now, another thing that if you know, we continue to talk about this. Your picture on the screen says it again. Look how skinny Javante Barnes' arms Looks are. On this one. If yeah. you look like Trayvon Citizen's arms, they're huge. Well, he weighs yeah. 215. The yeah. difference in six foot tall and 200 pounds and six foot tall 215 is upper body. And why I say that is Javante already runs strong. So he has a good lower body already. He can be 215 by October. Now, I don't know if he will, but he could be because that picture is of a kid that benches 210 pounds, not 310 pounds, right. which he could if he hits the weight room. So what's interesting is I, I, when I watch him, I like him more as a power back, but he's getting reps in the role as a third down back. Now, that could make it to where he fails, goes to the bench, and we never hear from him again, or – or – they could coach this kid into being really good. Mm. What if they do that? What if DeMarco Murray is right? Mm. And he knows a little bit about being a running back. If he's right, this kid could be the starter for Oklahoma next year. Yep, I agree. I did see where DeMarco said that he's very excited for Saul Chuck to enter in the summertime, but I think he's just wanting to get all of his guys in there and just to see what he truly has. I think that's what he meant by it. I don't know if it was more like – elation like oh yes finally get saw chuck he's going to be the guy type situation i just think i don't think it was i no, think it's more like you know, he's quoted I, I, you know all four is going to be there a lot of times you come in as a, a right tackle you're young mm -hmm. you're a right tackle you're a big kid from ohio you go to notre dame you're right tackle but the left tackle gets injured you got to slide over there and become a man very fast yep. sometimes it crushes kids other times they say yeah remember as a freshman when the senior got hurt he came over and never looked back. Mm -hmm. This just feels like he could be something. So again, like uh, in the, you know, the dynasty drafts and C2C drafts, he should not be slept on. Uh, again, I don't think you're going to get a lot of production, especially early in the season. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, new coaching staff's not going to uh, put it all their, all their eggs in that basket, but later on uh, definitely. And again, if Eric Gray is the guy and Marcus Major doesn't do anything, Major will just go. He'll transfer to, you yeah. know, somewhere else and just go because these kids will take his job. Yeah, Major hasn't done anything. Like, he's just been the filler, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, and no, then what's interesting is I I've like never Major. Really, when I, I never, watch him, yeah. when I watch him, I like him. But yeah. he must not practice well. I just don't know, like, what – doesn't transcend from practice to the field like there's just yeah. something that's pulling him off the field and i'll be honest i i, I mean eric gray was okay at michigan state i just wasn't a big guy like he was a no flex no no for that was uh, tennessee right eric gray yeah tennessee, sorry right? yeah sorry yeah. tennessee but even then like he was like a flex play at some weeks no i made a lot of uh hey last year with kennedy brooks yeah, as yeah. everyone drafted eric gray in the fifth round yeah and i got best kennedy balls, brooks got, in the yeah 12th. you got brooks a lot in the best yes. balls and, and, and then redrafts and stuff like that so like yeah, you were I, first I, to eric, say nah brooks eric is the man gray, eric gray ain't good now he's not i just don't but, see it but again i bet he gets the ball you know i bet they try yeah. You know, but that offense, no matter who the coach is, Dylan Gabriel is the best guy on that team. They're going to throw the ball. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure these guys are going to be serviceable, the old guys, Gray and Major. But that's what I'm saying. Like, don't don't sleep on Javante Barnes this year. No, it could, it could happen. This is not very – it's not totally different than Stewart. 
Stewart's just yeah. already in the starting lineup. He's yeah. just behind a couple of guys that will get the ball before him. But I would consider Javante Barnes clearly a third option when Marcus Major isn't good and Eric Gray isn't good either. You just never know. I like it. It's it's it has legs. This kid has a chance to yeah, the, the be kid, an early contributor. Yeah, the kid could go straight to just third down situations or the kit, you know, like the catching in the guy. He could be the one that starts in the gadget, but eventually works his way. Like Eric Gray was supposed to be the guy, and the Kennedy Brooks just took it over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, this could be a same situation. Or we could just see Barnes and Salchuk, and the other two were just like, oh, it was a good run, but you know these two kids are way better as freshmen than you guys yeah. are as junior and seniors. And no offense to them at all. I mean, I'm sure you know, like I said, college players, they're kids, but at the same time, like we gotta, we gotta look at the meat and potatoes when it comes to fantasy because we need the points, right? So if we're gonna look at someone that's gonna split time to start. I like Barnes over both Salchuk and Major, basically. We just got to see what Gray's going to do, basically. So uh, real quick before we move on, what do you think uh, as far as a freshman draft? Are, I mean, we're not looking at a full 2020 production, but 2023 could be the year. Uh, where do you see him dropping as far as a draft? We'll take supplemental out. We'll just talk freshman as far as a freshman draft. What are you thinking? I think it's it's very much in line again with uh, this second-round kid. Yeah. This uh, kid that uh, if you go much longer – there are there are factories of fantasy, and the Oklahoman running back is a points factory. It's been yeah. that way for a long time. That's why everybody thought Eric Gray would be a plug-and-play when they already had a kid. So yeah. Oklahoma, I know they got a different coaching staff, but we've already been through a couple. Oklahoma has a good offense. Uh, now what's interesting is how would that translate to the SEC? Uh, so that worries me a little. But it's not yeah. like the SEC plays great defense but it's better than the big 12. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see this kid a uh, second rounder. How about you? Uh, I see. I mean, it depends. So if you have like what we're talking about, 12 teams, mm-hmm. you might be able to sneak them mid to late second. If there's a 14 team, you can kiss a goodbye. He'll be gone second because there's just not as many options. There's more teams. Like uh, for example, our, our, Dynasty League is 14 teams, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I do not expect Javante Barnes to be sitting there in the third round unless, I mean, ours is supplemental too. So them, there's some there's some nice ones on the waivers, and I'm not going to say it for strategy purposes, yeah. but there's some waivers <laughs> out there for supplemental that I'm like, oh, I might want to take my second, and I have traded my second away so I could, you know, I made some, some moves and stuff like that. So it's either I have to trade to get another second back, whether that's trade with Jared or whatever the situation, or I'm going to have to wait and see because now I have, two thirds. And now I'm like, well, one of these guys eventually might drop. I just don't see it being Javante Barnes. If I'm being honest with you, especially in a 14 teamer, uh, 12 or 10. I, t- I tell you chance. on that same, on that same note, uh, then don't be afraid to zag when mm. everybody's going to zig on Barnes. Don't be afraid to zag on Sawchuck. Uh, yeah. Look, Take we're still talking value. about the kid and he ain't even with the team. Uh, know, he was ranked seventh in your, yeah, he's ranked seventh in the class anyway. He could fall, but for uh, NFL purposes, he comes in at five eleven, a buck eighty five. He'll probably max out at five eleven in that one ninety nine range. And right, as you've seen with most of the guys, if you don't weigh two hundred pounds, you better be a stud athlete. And I don't know if Sawchuck is that guy yeah. or not. But uh, for the NFL, Javante Barnes coming in at two hundred pounds as a kid, freshman. Well, yeah. that equates to it's a 220 kid. Yeah. Yep. So. 
Yep. All right. So let's move on to our next one. And we're going to talk quarterback. And that is Mr. Taven Jackson, who's actually been talked about, whether you're in C2C realms, you've heard of him maybe in practices, or you're just a local guy from Tennessee and you just heard the name. So Taven Jackson is a four star prospect. Uh, 24 7 Sports Grade has him at a 0.9182. He is 6'4, 195 pounds. He's the 13th overall quarterback in the 2022 class. Uh, let's talk about his speed first. So solving football analytics has him at 47.5 miles per hour. That is under the 50 mile per hour benchmark tag concerning, right? But we have some tangibles and we'll talk about some positives about Taven Jackson and, and Mitch will kind of elaborate about how legs can help you out, especially in CFF. So, uh, let's look at the, the varsity total max preps, uh, total passing yards, 4,813, 47 touchdowns, uh, out of, 547 passing attempts he completed 329 of those that's actually really great so he did a pretty good job there another thing that's attack concerning for me passing yards per game is only 107 which either means they had a run first heavy offense or the production level wasn't quite to what they worked out i'm not quite sure i really didn't dig too deep on how they finished as far as overall as a high score or anything like that as well uh 18 interceptions uh so he didn't play like a whole lot of games from what i saw in there as well probably because of covid and then things like that in particular. Uh, but 47 pass, touchdowns over 18 ones, I'll, I could probably make that trade. But there's a reason for those interceptions, and we'll talk about the pass itself and things like that as well. So let's look at the scout report real quick, and then we'll kind of move on. He is an athletic passer with good physical traits. He has a heightened body to fill in. So, I meant 6'4 is great. You can see over the line. I'm not going to say Brock Oswald again. Let's just go with uh, the comparison. Jordan Love, who was at Utah State, you can see clearly over the line, he made passes when he needed to. Am I a fan of Jordan Love and Green Bay now? No, because he'll probably never play. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and that's on Green Bay. So sorry to the uh, if the GMs happen to hear this by a random chance. Uh, so he can take off and make plays with his feet. This is where a dual threat is really good. And here's opportunity because we have Hendon Hooker for one year and one more year only. Joe Milton is still there, but he's a senior transfer. He's going to be gone out of the depth chart. So this is a wide open opportunity for Taven Jackson. Uh, I mean, he, he, you know, he's a, he's a high volume type guy. So I meant he's got a high ceiling, uh, but we'll start with uh, what you think first, but let's start with, you, this dude's windup is weird, so we'll just start with that. Let's let's talk about the pass, Mitch. What do you think? All right, look, there are so many red flags hmm. on this on this kid, and I I just don't see it. Yeah. Um, okay, so when he throws the ball, he falls away. If you look at six foot four and six foot five guys, uh, and and I went back and and looked at a bunch of guys, uh, uh Jake Browning. Yeah. Was a tall, lanky kid in college or in high school. He threw um, going forward. Uh, I looked at Kyle Allen, who I, I I've never liked, but I, I thought physically as a high schooler, uh, I looked at him. They look alike on the field. They don't throw alike. This kid doesn't throw well. Now you can teach a kid mechanics. You can, and yeah. this kid has wheels. He can run and he's yeah, even he got juice. Yeah. Like he's got juice. He's got some moves. For, for six <laughs> foot, I was like, dang, how, yeah. he's six foot four and keeps juking children. So what's going <laughs> So I love his legs. And honestly, if he if he played in the Mac, I'd oh, say, man, we got something, you know, Mac a little college. Uh Dustin Crum. I looked up Dustin yeah. Crum in high school. Dustin Crum was better than him. 
He just was. Um, here's what jumps off the page. This kid didn't throw a lot of passes and threw 18 interceptions. Um, I'll pass. There's, <laughs> again, I don't have a list like everybody, you know, like C2C. Mm -hmm. um, he ain't the 13th quarterback in this class. He's not. Yeah. So, again, what's going to happen is Hendon Hooker's going to leave. They're going to do well. Josh Heupel is good with quarterbacks, and they're just going to get another move in. Yeah, they will. Thinking, uh, They'll just get another high transfer. transfer, yeah, spot for sure. Because Tennessee's got the offense. I know they only have – I mean, what, they have Tillman and uh, yep. what's the other right receiver? What, one, two more years maybe? So, I mean, like yep. – uh, they, so oh, they got weapons. They yeah, got weapons. They're running. They're running, running back is very good as well yeah. too. So no, I mean this anyway. Uh, y'all can someone else pick them. I'm not yeah. picking them. No. Uh, and and in any league, okay. So you're the 13th quarterback. We're talking then uh, fourth round selection. Yeah. Um, no chance. I'll I'll take a developmental style quarterback for the MAC. Uh, the the kid from Western Michigan. I don't there even know where he is on this list, but he's way better than this guy. It ain't close. So whatever that kid's name is, and I don't even know his name, but I watched him on video, and he's way better than this guy. There you go. So now, I'm off the train. Now I'm gonna have to find the Western Michigan and put him in the show. So that's gonna happen in a future episode. <laughs> that kid but, looks good. So do you think Tennessee can teach this kid the right sure. way to throw the football? Yes. And do you? I don't. And I just don't it. see it. Like, okay, so look, you're so, not you're not going to be six foot four and 195 pounds right. at SEC uh, uh, Tennessee. So right. the kid's going to grow and be strong, and that 47 and a half miles an hour is going to go up, and he ain't going to get slower. He's he's quick, quick. and again, he runs athletically. Okay, but we don't live in that period anymore. You don't get to hang out at Tennessee until uh, and transfer from a boy to a man. Right. It's it's it, he, he, this kid ain't gonna start at Tennessee. He's just not. Now again, yeah. this kid could develop and then go to uh, Ohio, mm -hmm. and I'd be like, sweet, all right, we oh, got yeah. this little Give some action with this now kid. That'd be yeah, awesome. Now he's six foot four, two hundred twenty pounds. The yeah. windows are a lot bigger, so he'll be up to you know fifty two miles an hour then. Mm -hmm. And I would say, man, we might have some. Put him in with some receivers. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I feel you. I mean, even the scouting point says like even with the opportunity, he might not start. Like I said, this could be a easy transfer in for one of these high profile quarterbacks. They just you know want to find a spot in the SEC. They want to make their name go to the NFL, this is a great spot to do it. Taven Jackson, and we do hope, you know, he he does develop and things like that. So let's so let's look at drafting. I meant the kid, I would say fourth round, if we're, if we're picking. Uh, I'd rather take a guy like Terrence Gibbs with the upside at Georgia Southern, even with, you know what I'm saying? Because the, the, I'm looking between production between the two. Even if he starts, uh, it sounds like it's going to be maybe a rough going for the kid. I mean, it's a big jump. No, I mean, this is a big... Be Big comparison I'm being between serious. His high school I'm, and, I'm and being serious. Yeah. I would I would really like to read about this kid to see mm -hmm. why they think he's 13th. Because yeah. it's got to be the running. Pro it isn't safety. production. It isn't production. It's so you know, but there are a lot of kids who can run. I just again, yeah. if you're drafting, if you're drafting today and you're listening to me at all, pass. Uh, like yeah. this kid doesn't. 
He doesn't pass well. You should. <laughs> a burn. You heard it here first from Mitch the Hitman Hart, holding no punches, putting everyone in the shooting star press. I love it. All right, uh, let's move on to the big fish, small pond. This is yes. You know, Mitch's bread and butter that's now alive at the Future Freshman Podcast, and we decided to go with one Jace Wilson. He is a three-star prospect from 24-7 Sports, the grade of 0.8626. He's 6'4". He's 185 pounds. He is the 127th wide receiver, so we dug him deep out of the bin to talk about him today as well. However, let's look at some of the stuff that he's got going on. A total receiving yards of 947. Average receiving yards, 11.1. Catches, 85. Receiving yards per game, 39.5. Both that and the average a little concerning, so we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Receiving touchdowns is six, and he only played 24 games at a max or a prep school type situation. Uh, he was the 2020. He was the first team selection at wide receiver. He did help his uh, high school guy to an 11-3 record to the semifinals. His brother is actually the Ford of University of Kansas, and I actually have Kansas going far. I actually have them projected to win the tournament, so we'll see how Kansas does. But his brother plays Ford there at Kansas University. So there's athleticism. He also played basketball, so he does have jumps. He has the height. So he's got height. He's got uh, probably a good vertical jump, if we're being honest. Did, did, right? did, did you look at his stats? Uh, I I did for a little bit, yeah. But the senior year, then we'll talk about that. There no, no, a... no. It's basketball stats. Oh no, I didn't get to see the basketball stats. Just the football. Yeah, not a rebounder. Ah, and and that at six foot four, hmm. it was concerning. I rewatched his tape, and he does not body up like a six foot four guy does. He actually plays smaller. Hmm. Now that's not that bad, except what I've already read is the kid is putting on weight. Now, again, I haven't seen pictures of him. Again, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to continue to bring it up every time we talk. If you notice the picture of him, he also has skinny arms. So powerful, he can jump, but he doesn't use his body. Mm. So just nickel bet, knowing dynamics, and his brother pushed him around. Yeah. And his brother is a man. He has Mm -hmm. a big, big guy. And he treated him like a small guy. So he's actually a big guy, six foot four, 185 pounds. Geez Louise. But he plays small. So what I want to see is can that staff at UTSA bring out the dog in him? Exactly. They can bring out the dog in him. He could be something. Now, I want to share with you guys something else. The kid's shoulders are very round. And if you've been around athletes, what that means is you, you can put on a lot of weight. Okay. It's mm-hmm. he, this kid can put on weight. What I think he's going to turn up being is like a little tweener. I okay. think he's going to be six foot four, 230 pounds. Oh, and okay. he's going to be an animal type of guy. If they can bring out the animal in him, I just worry because he doesn't play like that. Averaging 11 yards, a, a catch. That's not good. No, that's not good at all. It is 39.5 receiving yards a game when the other guys we're looking at are 80, 90, sometimes over 100 yards in high school. It's high school. And didn't Geyer's quarterback was good. He's very highly touted as well. So you can't say, well, they leaned on the running game or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Big Fish Small Pond, definitely worth a watch. Certainly in redraft, no one you should redraft. No, no Uh, redraft. But, but yeah, you, um, you know, you put him on your developmental squad, uh, I mean, he comes to you at six foot four, 185. Not many kids do out of yeah. high school. So I'll, I'll give him a little props on his size, but he's got to play bigger. He mm-hmm. plays smaller and he ain't getting any smaller. 
he's only getting bigger. So you got to play big, boy. Yep. Uh, so once uh, what Mitch said, he is at UTSA. So he's at the Meep Meeps or the Roadrunners, whatever you like to say on there as well. Currently, of course, they have Frank Harris at quarterback. He will be gone by the time Jace Wilson ever sees the field. Zachary Franklin is a junior, so he has this year. He's the protected wide receiver one. Him and Harris are a great duo when it comes to redraft uh, dynasty. You know, if you got him in a keeper or anything like that, these are the guys that you look at in Conference USA because these are the kids that are playing Western Kentucky's of the world and Charlotte, yep. the ones that are just there is no defense. There is only offense. It's pretty much the maction but with a, a little bit more competitive nature, I like to call it basically. No offense to the Maction. I love Maction on Tuesdays. That's where it's at. There's a, there's a little more – it's a little more tackling. That's it. Correct. It's just there's, a little there's more There's a tackling. few more tackles. And some of these Conference USA guys wind up sometimes in the NFL. So, I mean, it's like you get some people that come out there This makes a difference. Uh, so, Zachary Franklin's got it in the bag. There ain't no way Wilson's seeing the field. Uh, Cephas isn't bad either as a junior on that one. DeCoy and Clark is still there as junior. These guys are juniors, as you see. So they're still one year, maybe two years tops if they want to stick around. Of course, this is Frank Harris's last year. I didn't get a chance to see who's the upcoming uh, Roadrunners quarterback. From what I hear, I think they're staying with a dual threat. They like the system there. So here's why the question is, Mitch. Does the system stay the same where maybe two years where Wilson, whether he moves tight end and he's at 230 or he's at 215, maybe a little bit more bigger, but uh, still kind of lean on that one. Now, does he become a red zone threat, kind of like the Franklin is currently right now, being the junior and the wide receiver one? Does Wilson ever have a shot at wide receiver one is basically what no, I'm saying. No, it could easily happen. I mean, you can see he had six touchdowns and 85 catches, and in high school that's not bad. That's pretty good ratio. Uh, he could certainly do that. UTSA, though, it's not your uh, older brother's UTSA. They are a lot better than they used to be. The kids that they're getting are a lot better. There's going to be a ton of competition. He just has to, you know, play bigger and get – you got to be a dog, man. And what I saw in video was not a dog. What I hope to see in the future when they spotlight him is somebody who's getting after it in drills. And he is going to have to – you know, block and be him at, at yeah. six foot kids. He, he already isn't 185. Yeah. I saw I saw a week ago he's six four and one ninety-five. And I've oh, even, even seen better. him listed as six five. This is a lot of man. This is a lot of man. You gotta be a man. Mm-hmm. And again, kids young. He has an older brother who's a basketball player at mm-hmm. an elite school. Yeah. Like I believe he got pushed around. I, and again, I don't know yeah. the kid uh from anything, but I'm a little brother, and I know what it feels like to be one. Mm-hmm. I just think he plays small because his brother was big. And I, I hope they get that out of him. And then, of course, I'm the bigger brother. I have a younger brother who now can whip my tail at any time in any place. So, I mean, like, there's the other spectrum, too, where maybe UTSA will bring out the fight from this kid. Yep. But we're, we're going to see. So here's where the underlying thing is. You do not draft this kid in a in a freshman draft. It's just I wouldn't honestly like and no. maybe if you got like 16 rounds like some some leagues do if you got 16 rounds shoot shoot your shot you know what I'm saying go for it but if it's like a solid 10 rounds or something like that I'm not taking him however he is one to circle and pencil in as someone for a waiver wire pickup he could be almost basically free uh maybe not after this I don't know we'll find out I don't know if, if this podcast even moves up you know stuff like that in particular however people are listening in so I meant they'll remember the name Jace Wilson is just don't don't you don't have to worry about the first second round they're not like these elite kids like an evan stewart that we talked about where it's almost you know you're gonna gun for the kid um you want to have them on the squad or you know in redraft you want to look at you know spending your waiver wire on them 
Chase Wilson is a guy that you could pick up for maybe a, you know, for five dollars or something like I'm that. I'm gonna throw know? I'm gonna throw one thing in there for sure. the folks that might be new to listening to a podcast about kids that don't play this year or mm-hmm. you know might not be impactful. Just think of a couple of years ago we were doing this and we were talking about uh, Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. and saying, "Could just did you see him?" Man, Friday night, you know, he had 180 yards and two touchdowns, you know, against um, that 6A champion team. Mm -hmm. And then when the opportunity came and you saw that he was in the lineup, you would say, well, I'm going to take a flyer on the guy right now. I've been hearing about this guy for two years. When you don't familiarize yourself uh, with this and you see Franklin go down or in two years, Cephas go down and you see Jace Wilson trot on in the fourth quarter he doesn't get any looks, and you're like, well, he's just some guy. Well, if you've been following these guys for years, you can see who is just a guy and who ain't. Right. That's what I think is important about scouting these kids early. Absolutely. The only thing I'll say, you know, other than that is this is CFF, so we are looking at, that, you know, production and stuff like that. Just because the kid is at UTSA, I mean, the kid's got – He's got a shot. You know what I'm saying? Like it might be a long shot, but he's got a shot. And that's what you want to see. Um, that's why a lot of people look for a lot of these kids in G5 or CFF, but Jace Wilson would not be a C2C guy. He would not be even Debbie or anything like that. Maybe if he explodes and just has just one of those kids that comes out of nowhere and just gets better. Uh, but we are looking at a CFF perspective. Definitely. Uh, just think about it. I mean, like, you know, like I said, if you pick them up, don't clog your don't clog your rosters is what we're trying to get at. But at the same time, remember the name. Just write it down on like possibles or you know possible yeah. pickups, things like that. That's what, what we're trying what's to gonna say. Be, what's going to be cool with these uh, broadcasts and podcasts, mm-hmm. and when you look back, another guy who comes to mind uh, is Ches Malusi and mm-hmm. Brandon Allen. Yep. So Ches Malusi, you know, he goes and people think he's going to be the guy and He's, he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. And we would have, again, been talking about, God, this, there's this big kid. Like, just think <laughs> how much we would have been talking about it's Brandon Allen. Yeah. We, we'd have been like, my God, he's yeah. 240 pounds in, in 10th grade? Oh, yeah. You know, um, and then we would have been able to say, yeah, you know, you might want to watch out. The kid's 17 years old. He's one of the younger kids in I, uh, college football. You might want to zag when everybody zigs. And if you hear me talking uh, at all, you'll a lot of times I zag. Everybody's on Eric Gray. He is it really him? Is he any? Why don't the Kennedy Brooks is right there? Why is he better than him? So oftentimes, and what I like so far of what I've read on uh, the Canvas to Canton site, there's not a lot of group think. Uh, you can get in an echo yep. chamber in college fantasy football. I don't mm-hmm. see that. And again, like I don't see it compared to even what I see with, you know, the way a kid runs or, and I read mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I didn't really see it that way, which is a good thing because you want varying opinions and you yep. want to try to get as much information as you can. So it's, yeah, uh, you, you guys are doing great work. I appreciate that. Uh, a common example, and you'll you'll hear the podcast before you'll hear this one. Uh, you know, we're going to do our summit rankings. You know, uh, everyone's different. Nate is a systems guy. 
I'm an opportunity guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I look at the opportunity in the window. I also favor the younger players over that one because I'm looking at it in a dynasty perspective. However, for doing redraft, I'm completely different. I'm looking, you know, pretty much who's the studs and who's made a clear claim at the starting lineup. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Whereas native system, system, systems, you know, Jared and Chris, you know, Moxley, they, they think differently, you know what I'm saying? So it makes it really interesting to hear the different points of view. And that's what you want to, I mean, we, you know, we talk about our, our, our buddy, John Lobb, like he's an OG been at it just as long, if not, you know, mm-hmm. as much as you have, he has a difference in opinion too. And then, you know, you have the guys that are over at the CFF side. So Bainbridge, who's been doing it for a while. So has Joe, I mean, they have differences and stuff. That's the great thing about, I mean, yeah, CFF can kind of be echo chamber, but at least there's differences that you could do. No, you it is. And the reason reason that I bring it up is because the NFL is so commercialized that almost every list is the same. Mm -hmm. And college football on some lists get very similar. For instance, quarterbacks. Almost everybody has all the quarterbacks and they pick them in a row. Um, The the two positions that still ain't that way are running back and receiver. Uh, They vary wildly. Uh, Marvin Harrison being the 28th pick in a draft or the 56th pick because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, people are like, well, it's a home game. And, yeah, so, <laughs> uh, anyway, nah, it's, it's good. But that's yeah. why it's going to be a super fun season. And this, this year among, um, I, I mean, not totally different than any year, but like w- once you get past the Ohio State guys that are the guys everyone's going to draft, those three, the triplets, mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma has changed. Clemson has changed. Alabama skill, uh, besides Bryce Young, their skill set players are all going to be different. Every player is going to be different. Um, Texas and Texas A&M, different. Uh, USC, different. Oregon, different. Nebraska, different coach. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a year where uh, you're going to get to get some guys that you like and say, all right, I got my guy. You know, I got my exactly. guy. I got my guy fell to me. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun year. It is. And I, I, we can feel it. And I think Mitch can too, that you can feel the rise of CFF. Like it's, I'm not saying it's com- going to be commercialized in like the next two years, like NFL, but it is growing substantially. Um, we're is. seeing guys like a Josh Pate from, you know, last kick and stuff like that there. He's even, you know, been mentioned and talking about, all right, uh, show me how to play CFF and I'll play it and then I'll get the word out. So I meant the guys like that, that are influencers in the college market. Now Herb Street's gone to Amazon to do NFL, but we still got other college guys that we can reach out to or mention in the comments, stuff like that, or just hold a sign like Jared and just tell people peg CFF on the national scale. That's the way to do it. Um, I like it. So Mitch, I want to thank you for coming on my good friend. Uh, it's always a blast to, to have you on and talk uh, college football. Good for the people that you're going to hear, Mitch, and the, the CFU podcast that's coming out. Of course, season we're going to talk about mm-hmm. price picks, the ones earning some money, some DraftKings type situation. Of course, we're going to talk about players of the week, people you should have your eye on, just like you heard previously in the last season. Uh, so you'll see Mitch there. If you want him to have him back here on the show, uh, you know, just leave comments or just you know, you know, message on us like, hey, this is a great episode. Please get Mitch back, and I'll have him on in a flash. You just tell me when and where. Uh, Mitch, tell the people where they can find you and uh, tell them about the cool best balls and things like that that you got going on, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ace Holes Rules. Um, and for anyone who's thinking about where did the name come from, <laughs> the very first uh, 
pro football uh, fantasy draft that we ever did. It was in 1992. And we decided to do an auction like baseball because we had played fantasy baseball for two years. And um, everybody that I bid on, everybody bid them up. So every guy I got was just over it, overpriced. And I was so mad. And I was like, you guys are a bunch of aceholes. And I was like, that's <laughs> going to be the name of my team from now Forever. on. So, yeah, so that has been my team name. But, yeah, um, I look forward to – I'm going to put out some of my list and drop them down for NFL and for college as well. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a, a very open NFL rookie season. Yeah. Uh, so uh, also, too – at the top, very uh, just a couple of guys who are consensus, you know, Brees Hall and such, and then a long line of guys that are all in the mix. And I think this is going to be the year a skilled player can make up uh, some ground in the NFL, and that's very difficult to do in the NFL echo chamber of fantasy football. This is a year to make some hay. Absolutely. Uh, once again, you can find that Ace Holes Rule on Twitter. Uh, countless opportunities to watch um uh, the good thing about mitch he'll leave best ball drafts he'll leave you like you know is our redraft keeper there's always something great whether it's cff or nfl the and i always is- gotta pick 12 what that's the weird hell? What's up with I that? Get, every time i get 12 <laughs> i i hate the turn but i'm getting better at it so say, uh, remember chris rodriguez in yes. the in the fourth round he keeps going in the fourth round to me I there keep picking him. So he's aboard the Chris Rodriguez train. Choo choo. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> he is the most popular 37th pick in the draft. There you go. That's yes, awesome. but please, please follow Mitch. Like I said, he does NFL, but CFF, he's a great follow. Please do that. I'm Brandon T. Sanders. You can find me at CFF University. Please follow us over at campustocanton.com. Like I said, they have multiple tiers there, uh, but the NIL tier is where you can find every single guide. If not, the guide is $20 per one, so it actually is cheaper to do the yearly versus each and every guide, so please do that. Um, once again, uh, shout out to Sick Edits HD from YouTube for the intro. I highly appreciate it. Um, be kind to one another. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Peace.